the church so beautifully, uh, as they always seem to manage for any special occasion. Beautifully done. Thank you very much. Thank you to all those who've contributed so much uh, in these last few days. Um, building the bonfire was a hoot. So well done, all of those. Why is it only blokes that do that? There's, there's some reason. That <laughs> the ladies just have to provide the refreshments, for which we were very grateful. Uh, but we had a great time there as well. And of course, there's more going on uh, later on today with our lunch Maybe we'll get it outside in the, the top lane outside the village hall. Maybe we'll be driven indoors. Who knows? We'll just wait and see. Uh, I just wanted to make you aware of something else, which is this. Uh, this is a souvenir book uh, in colour pictures. It's beautiful. Colour pictures uh, looking back over Her Majesty's 70 years. Um, these are very kindly donated by Westcott Methodist Chapel, who've, uh, who've purchased these for us. Uh, we think there's enough for every household. So if you want to take one per household, they're completely free of charge do take it away there's all sorts of uh, interesting stuff stories uh, prayers that her majesty wrote lots of photographs uh, all very beautiful things so they'll be on the back of uh, at the table at the back of church afterwards uh, and we will uh, be handing them out as well so do take one of those if you would like to do so uh, Tony, am I switched on here? Do I need to do anything? Right. We're going to um, just think briefly about those two readings that we had um, but before we do so let's bow our heads in a prayer Heavenly Father, we thank you for our Sovereign Lady Queen Elizabeth and for all that she means to us, to our country, to the Commonwealth and to the world. We pray now as we muse over these two passages that you would enlighten our hearts to see how the strength you have provided for her can be the strength that you provide for us also. Guide us and deepen our faith, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service, but I shall not have strength to carry out this resolution alone unless you join in it with me, as I now invite you to do. I know that your support will be unfailingly given. God help me to make good my vow, and God bless all of you who are willing to share in it. Of course, you'll recognise those words, those familiar words of Princess Elizabeth, as she was then spoken on the 21st of April 1947, her 21st birthday. And I doubt that she expected then that the weight of sovereignty would descend upon her, her young shoulders quite as soon as it did, just five years later, on the 6th of February 1952. And now we celebrate 70 years since that accession and her subsequent coronation on the 2nd of June 1953. And we marvel, do we not, at her resilience, her example of unflinching service, her good humour, her dedication, her wisdom and her physical endurance, despite the toll that age is beginning to take on her mobility and on her stamina. And don't we marvel also that she keeps a marmalade sandwich in her handbag? <laughs> And we might ask ourselves, how is it that she's managed to maintain her life and her reign so faithfully and for so long, uh, and with it, the affection of her peoples? After all, there aren't many ladies in their 90s who are still effectively working full-time. Most of us at that age would be more than happy to have bowed out long ago into a quiet retirement with just a spot of gardening and the occasional lunch with family, but not too often. Uh, her career is not a job, of course, it's a vocation. Uh, there is no retirement for this monarch. And for this monarch, the power behind the throne is most definitely her faith 
in God through Jesus Christ. Hers is a lively faith. It's a faith worked out day by day, whether it be in matters of state or, or in everyday domestic and family issues. And, you know, underpinning, underpinning that faith lie two particular God-given resources that have empowered her through her reign. And these two resources, if you looked carefully, were highlighted in our two readings. So we had two readings, we have two resources, and so we conveniently have two headings. So my first heading is this. Well, let's tell you the two resources first. They are the scriptures and the spirit. The scriptures and the spirit, the Holy Spirit. So let's pick our first heading, the scriptures. One of my uh, oldest friends was made a bishop uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, the Queen, of course, is Supreme Governor. That's her title of the Church of England. So she is her, his boss. Uh, and all new bishops get a personal audience with Her Majesty, which my friend Philip Dooley attended. Uh, at his audience, she asked him which Bible passage was most important to him. Uh, she listened closely to his reply. It was a passage from Philippians. And she wanted to know why exactly the passage he chose meant so much to him. He tells me she was genuinely interested. And they chatted for a little while about the scriptures. Uh, if you listen to our first reading, we noted Joshua, the protege of Moses, who was about to lead the Israelites from the wilderness into the promised land. And he receives really just one command from God as he does so. Well, maybe two. The first command was he was told to be very brave. But the second and the most important command is this. He was told this. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night that you may be careful to do everything written in it. It was good enough for Joshua. Good enough also for Her Majesty. She places a high regard on the scriptures. Perhaps that isn't surprising because at the heart of her coronation service, she was presented with a Bible and with it the following charge. It went like this. Our gracious queen, to keep your majesty ever mindful of the law and the gospel of God as the rule for the whole life and government of Christian princes, we present you with this book, the most valuable thing that this world affords. Here is wisdom. This is the royal law. These are the lively oracles of God. For Her Majesty, the scriptures are foundational to her life and her reign. But of course, they are foundational to the life of every Christian, to you and to me. For they are indeed the wisdom, the law and the oracles of God. Sadly, for many, the Bible is a dusty book that sits unopened somewhere at the back of the bookshelf. And yet for those who take the trouble to open these scriptures, they are indeed the living word of God, sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, judging the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Paul writes that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the man and woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. If the scriptures are a precious resource for our queen, for kings and princes, so too are they for us. The scriptures come alive as we apply them to our faith and to our lives. They become a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. It may be that isn't your experience. Perhaps it's worth turning again to our Bibles, maybe buying a modern language translation that may just help us understand more clearly its message. Maybe get hold of some study notes or something like that to help us guide us into our depths. And I guarantee the scriptures, if you apply them 
Apply your heart to them. They will come alive. And you know, Her Majesty herself wrote this. She said, To what greater inspiration and counsel can we turn than, than, than to the imperishable truth to be found in this treasure house, the Bible? So that's her first resource and our first resource, the Scriptures. And the second resource, the Holy Spirit. Again, if you listen to our second reading, you will have found us, uh, found us eavesdropping on Jesus' words to his disciples at the Last Supper. He promised the gift of the Holy Spirit to equip his followers. He said, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. As I mentioned, today is a significant day as the focal weekend of our Queen's Platinum Jubilee year. But it's also significant because it's Pentecost Sunday, which is sometimes known as the birthday of the church. Uh, at the climax of her coronation, the Queen was anointed by the Archbishop with oil. Now, anointing is a millennia-old tradition used to set apart leaders. We read in the scriptures successively of the anointing of the kings of Israel. And of course, it's highly significant in that context that the title Messiah or Christ, they're the same word, means anointed one. Anointing with oil in the coronation service signifies being set apart for service. It's also known as consecration, and it represents that lifelong dedication to a role. And that, of course, is why the Queen continues to serve at her advanced age. It's why she would never consider abdication. She was set aside. She was consecrated. She was anointed, not appointed. She was anointed for life. And for her, that means life. But more importantly, with that anointing, the Archbishop also prays for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He prayed this, Bless and sanctify thy chosen servant, who by our office and ministry is now to be anointed with this oil and consecrated queen. Strengthen her, O Lord, with the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. Confirm and establish her with thy free and princely spirit, the spirit of wisdom and government, the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and true godliness. And you know that anointing of the Holy Spirit, which was prayed for at her coronation, is only made possible because of Pentecost, which we celebrate today alongside this Platinum Jubilee. The Feast of Pentecost in the Jewish calendar was, if you know your Bible, when the Holy Spirit was poured out on Christians at Jerusalem. Tongues of fires, you remember, appeared on the apostles' heads and peoples of all lands and races heard the gospel of Jesus Christ proclaimed in their own language. And as we heard from our second reading, this was exactly what Jesus had promised to all who would follow him. He said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. And you know, amazingly, that wonderful life-giving gift of the Holy Spirit is still available to this day to all who turn to Christ and place their trust in him. The Holy Spirit is available to all who acknowledge their failings, their falling short of God's high standards, and accept the free gift of forgiveness that he made possible by his death to pay the price of our sins once for all upon the cross. And miraculously, through his resurrection from the dead, Jesus promises to come into and dwell in our hearts by his spirit, 
to counsel, to comfort, to strengthen and the guide. It's the spirit, of course, who provides the assurance, the dynamism and the energy to live out our Christian life. At her coronation, just under 70 years ago, our queen was anointed with oil and with the Holy Spirit. Now, you and I may not be monarchs, yet we likewise may be set aside to live for Jesus by that same anointing of the Spirit as we yield our hearts and our lives to him. So, two gifts, two resources, the Scriptures and the Spirit. And there is much celebration that our sovereign has reigned over these islands longer than any previous monarch. There is much joy that she continues to do so and presumably will do so for the rest of her days, strengthened by the Scriptures and the Holy Spirit. But on this Pentecost Sunday, you and I can share in another joy that we too, with her, can tap into those same glorious spiritual resources of Scripture and Spirit. And you and I too can know the same simple and humble faith in Jesus Christ that may illuminate our lives just as it does hers. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the faithfulness of Her Majesty over all these years, and we thank you for her dependence and trust upon you. We thank you for the gifts of Scripture and Spirit that are freely ours as they are freely hers. Give us grace to take them on board, to deepen our faith, to serve you with gladness and dedication for the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.